When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on D&D&D, Juno, your vision is clouded. There's some kind of green tinge to things. Margarine, you look at Juno and you can see there's a specter-like echo of Juno. He's got a zoom filter. (laughs) (laughs) It might be too hot, it might be seeing things, but what about that guy? And I point at the golden ghost. It's kind of like jumping around in space. When you hit the images of this flickering ghost with the light of the mirror shard, you see him as a flesh and blood person. It is a blonde human man. There's legends of people saying that they interacted with dragons that look like people. So he's the dragon! Hi, Mr. Madeiras. Juno, when you say the name Madeiras, there is a rush, and then you find yourself in this laboratory. The golden ghost is looking at you, and he says, This is dangerous stuff, Ivicome. You shouldn't be looking at this. Madeiras was a nerd? He's a hot nerd. <laughs> yeah. What are we trying to accomplish here in this laboratory? Remind me, I forgot. Pop quiz. I'm an eternal being. Study and science passes the time. I have helped your family. That's part of an arrangement that we have. Access to knowledge in exchange for protection of the temple. But you've betrayed that by trying to research these unnatural ways of extending life. This is this is lit shit. There is a figure frozen in a pose holding up its hands trying to block something. It's like a Pompeii person. You find a set of papers. Ivakome's lust for power grew. He was fanatical about preserving his life. Ivakome succeeded in turning the mirror into a vessel containing his very life's essence. Finally, Ivakome announced an urgent expedition into the volcano. I, the Bard Mitski, volunteered for this expedition. Who do you guys think did that to Mitz? Do you think Madeiras? 100%. I mean, probably. It's flame, (laughs) walking flamethrower. Look at his tall. Flack collapses. (laughs) (laughs) And Flack, you look up and you see a wide open maw. There is a burst of flame and you feel every molecule of your being catch fire. I'm gonna need some new clown pants. Welcome to D&D&D, the general party role-playing podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master James Gressel, and with me today are the fun people. Say hi, fun people. Hello. 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 People. Oh, Mike first that time. Mike yeah, first. Mike gun. got in ahead of the game. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Hi, my name's Mike. <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> my name is Mike, and I'm here to say... D&D is real fun to play. Oh, man. Well, we had a good run. We had 100 episodes, and now no <laughs> one's going to listen to the show anymore. <laughs> so instead, you should go watch Mike on Twitch oh, at Fresh Pancakes. Thank you. He's playing Wind Waker. Oh, my God. 
stop it, you guys. He says, stop it. No, stop you should go watch sweaty. Flesh of Stormtail gust of wind left and right. I forgot, like, I don't know, just because I, I hear Fletch Stormtail's voice from him so much. Like, Mike was just, like, doing the amazing voices he can do. And I was like, oh, I want I want to hear more of these voices from Mike. Isn't yeah. it great? He Thanks. told, after the first day that he was streaming, I was like, why didn't you do some voices? And he was like, I, I'm, I don't want people to not like it. <gasps> I think it might be annoying. And I'm like, no. it's not annoying. It's so good. I love it. You never know. He's like, stop telling everybody our private conversations, but yeah. So uh, let's get to the 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 place we're giving all our money for food to. Yes. Take away, James. Yes, thank you, Mike, for that amazing segue. Mm-hmm. We uh, are still distanced, of course, and I am still not making dinners for everyone. So sad. James, why aren't you working on a meal kit delivery service for the five of us? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, dude? You guys got your pizza like two months ago. <laughs> we did. He oh, did like did. give us pizza at our front door. I did almost throw pizzas at them. You pretty much were. <laughs> yeah, that was real good fucking pizza, too. Mm-hmm. So this charity comes to us from J.M. Rollo. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but thank you for suggesting this charity of Helping Up Mission. In Baltimore, Maryland, they are a addiction recovery uh, center. Their mission statement is provides hope to people experiencing homelessness, poverty, or addiction by meeting their physical, psychological, social, and spiritual needs. So thank you for that suggestion, JM. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, Not a specific food-based charity, but they do feed people as part of their work. Of course, that's such a big aspect to making sure that people are comfortable and that their needs are met is that they have reliable food. Thank you for that. Uh, We will be helping out, helping up Mission in Baltimore, Maryland. If you have an idea for a food-based charity, initially we got some suggestions from some patrons, but let's just open it up to everybody since this isn't going away anytime soon. Email us at dndndpod at gmail.com with the subject line charity idea. And maybe we will pick a charity that is close to you. A food-based charities preferred, I suppose, just to stay kind of on theme. But of course, all helping organizations are welcome. So yeah, trying to do a little bit of, of our part through all of this to help out some people in need. I think it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about to get real bad out there. Yeah. yeah. Last we left you guys off, you had discovered some more information about the relationship between Ivicome, Eluna, and Madeiras, uh, and the mirror through some memories. We, uh, Flack got a very up close and personal look as to the power of Madeiras through the memory of Mitski the Bard. Pour one out for Mitski. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mitski didn't make it through that encounter, and you guys did get to recover her uh, partial manuscript, though. That was partial? partial? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, it would be fleshed out a little bit. Didn't know she was writing the stand down here. <laughs> You're in this structure inside of this volcano. You have explored two of the three rooms that you are aware of. You can continue to do that. The volcano is your oyster, as it were. Tasty oyster. I recommend nobody say the M word. Yeah, I mean, we've been following the rule until you you messed it up again. Well, here's a reminder. Don't do it. All right? (laughs) What, for the VR demo? Yeah. No, the (laughs) VR got to a real scary level. Is anyone holding the papers of of Mitski's Mitski's papers? Because I'll take those. I'll put them in my pocket. Take them. 
Uh, you head back down the obsidian staircase to the granite walkway that you guys came in on. You're at the kind of hexagonal interchange path. There is the banded door uh, that leads to the laboratory, which you already explored. And then there is a short hallway that leads deeper into the recesses of the volcano. Uh, there is the way back which you came. Marjorie looks around and is looking for more of uh, Madeiras walking, doing the wander. You see the same flickering image that you saw before. There doesn't seem to be much change that way. You still see the specter of Juno that is kind of just... Um, is he still just hanging out to him. on Juno? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it couldn't separate itself. So it is still stuck just a little bit off from Juno. Still just the tracking's just a little bit off every time Juno moves. <laughs> Juno, you still have this green haze over your field of vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of you still cannot see this. If you're looking for anything else more specific, Marjorie, you would uh, roll a perception or investigation roll. Aren't there more Madeiras's? Madeiras I? There's the same... There's the one down the hallway. Right. Yes. But aside from that one, I roll to see, and I rolled a nat one because it's perception, oh. and we talked about this already. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a bat flies into Marjorie's face. Uh, a hot bat is caught on fire. Hot bat. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fire keys. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. You cannot discern anything, any new information from last time you were in this space. Okay, well then, uh, the only one I see is the one down the hall. Well, let's go that way then. If that's the only one you see, we're still trusting you. I thought I saw other ones, but there's a bat in my eye, so... Well, I'll take a look. 23 for perception. Juno, when you look around, you see the same flickering images of Medeiros that you saw before. But in addition to that, you notice that around the hallway, the entrance to the hallway, uh, there, in addition to the carvings and things that match the arched doorway with the door to the lab you see that the polished stone entrance to this hallway is blotted with what appear to be scorch marks. And there, there's also a faint golden glow from deep within this hallway. I, I still don't know how Madeiras is a ghost, if, if he was killed or trapped. But Did you, Hey man, be careful saying the M word. Oh, oh yeah. In this room, nothing happens. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, it's, it's easy terrible. to make that mistake. Yeah. But in dragon form, one, how did he fit in that library in dragon form? Like, he's got to be huge as a dragon. I wonder if he could change the size of dragon he is. Or maybe as a human, he can still breathe fire. But remember, he was super tall. Maybe he grew. He was tall. Mm. Yeah, when Marjorin got up close to one of his um, uh, appearances, one of his, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and he like, he's hot, but then his voice. Oh, yeah, I was thinking how cool he is, but But no. His voice is very nerdy. The voice is so tragic. Guys, cool people can sound like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a comedy podcast anymore. We're here to teach you some lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Don't judge a dragon by his voice. Juno, the only one that I see is the one down the hall. You see anything else? Well, there's this faint golden glow. Marjorie starts walking down the hallway. Yeah, let's do it. Follow Marge. I, we can't see anything with our dark vision. It's pretty bright. There's lava all around. The hallway gets a little bit dimmer as you go through it because it's an enclosed space and there are no torches or anything. However, there is clear 
fire damage in this hallway as you get deeper into it you can see that there seems to be evidence of a fight of some kind if anybody wants to roll to get a better look at the evidence of this fight you can get some more information out of it if you want i don't i never mind 14 perception 17 Juno gets no new information, but Zabbos with a 17, you can tell that there doesn't appear to be physical marks on on any of this stone. It all seems magical in nature. And Zabbos, you you know, you know what fire spells look like. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that there have been some fire spells thrown around. There's also evidence of other kinds of magic in, in play. You can't nail it down just at first glance. But there's definitely, there was a magic fight in this hallway. Uh, as you continue to walk down, it gets brighter and brighter. Uh, it was, As I said, it was never dark, but it certainly dimmed when you were kind of in the center of this hallway. But as you get to the end, it gets brighter and brighter until you find yourself in a huge cavernous horde room. <gasps> horde? Is there like gold? treasure? Yeah. Is it a dragon treasure? It is all kinds of treasure. Oh. Whoa. Oh, damn. Whoa. Flagetti, you can find new pants here. Oh. <laughs> Roll for pants. <laughs> Roll for pants. Three plus pants. <laughs> Please find, like, some MC Hammer gold pants. <laughs> I Scrooge McDuck dive into some of the horde. Hey, you break your neck. Gold <laughs> damage. <laughs> There is piles of coins, piles of gems. There's items of all sorts, uh, different kinds of coins, coinage minted with uh, images you don't recognize. Everything is very, very pretty. Oh, God. It all makes sense now because Medeiros is a rare coin collector. Oh, my God. Probably. <laughs> I have a book of coins. <laughs> <laughs> They're challenge coins. <laughs> the hell is a challenge coin? They're like, uh, you get like, you'll get like commemorative ones if you're part of an. They're like military has a lot of challenge coins and Freemasons, which is why I have some Freemason ones. But you basically, if you're out at a bar, someone has a challenge coin. They like whip it on the last person to get out their challenge coin is to get everyone drinks and stuff like that. Oh, that's fun. It's such bro shit, but we can have a D&D &D challenge coin. That'd be pretty cool. <gasps> totally. Oh, that would be cool. Our rings of secrecy, but they're coins. Yeah. And they just cause us to buy beers for each oh, other. the rings of secrecy that I don't have anymore because I'm a fucking clown. Yeah, that Flack <laughs> and Marjorie no longer have. Right? <sighs> Mine wasn't my fault. That's heightest. That's heightest. <laughs> Yeah, why can only tall people talk to each other? Also, Flack, you're tall now. Taller. I'm, I'm taller. He's like eight foot. What? No, he's like five I seven. I'm an eight foot spaghetti oh clown. What that's nightmare are you living everyone. in? Oh. oh, he's five eight. I heard the eight, and I was like, "That's it, baby." Yeah, he's like five eight, five seven. Yeah, five eight's tall to a three and a half. Sure. <laughs> that's true. Two and a half. I don't remember how high I am. You are under three feet tall. Yeah, you see where you're at. You're so high, dude. Look, Eddie, while you're looking for pants, uh, how you doing, buddy? Did you call me Getty? No, I said Flug Eddie. Oh. Well, I can shorten right. it to Getty. Is that fun for you? Getty? Yeah. I don't know. You can try it out later and I'll see how I like it then. But let me just say, Getty, all the money in the world won't make you happy. Dear Lord. <laughs> all the money in the world does appear within this cavern, it seems like. Uh, there's all kinds of other items as well. There are chests of scrolls. There are gems all over. 
There are cases full of potions. There's weapon racks. There's all kinds of stuff in here. It's a stunning collection of wealth. So what you're telling us is this is an item store that we don't have to buy anything in. Essentially. It pays us. (laughs) Oh. Listen, I know that every room we enter, I say the same thing, but we have a bag of holding. You want I should just start scooping stuff in there? Put a little extra in my gold bag. Yeah, I was going to say, put some <gasps> in Marge's gold bag. Marjorie, if I could invest mm. in, in in you, I would love to make a withdrawal later. Can I Can I put this in your satchel? What? Phrasing. <laughs> invest in me. You, yeah. It's like you are a bank. In the bank of Marjorie. The bank of... Oh, no. Yes. The Bank of Margarine is open for business. Oh, I would like to open an account, please. Okay. And Margarine reaches into her pocket and pulls out her accounting glasses, which (laughs) fell out of her hair episodes ago. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. Fantastic. (laughs) They're, like, tiny, and they have multiple, they have, like, different magnifications, depending on how you put, like, the lenses down. Of course. Yeah. I grab some coins from the hoard. Roll a d20. 18. 18. You grab 637. Ah, uh, Madrin, here is 637 gold. 637 gold from Flack into the, the, the Meemaw Hall. When you swipe <laughs> away this gold, Flack, you Uh-oh. reveal that it was covering up a pretty nice looking crossbow. Oh, I would also like to deposit this crossbow into a safety deposit box, please. Yes, sir. And I try to put it into a pocket. Wait, you don't want to use that for the battle? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I might just be able to use this as a weapon. (laughs) Good, because it didn't fit in my pocket. And I give it back. Is it a golden crossbow? Yes. It has gold plating on it. It doesn't have any bolts. You don't see any bolts around, but if oh, you bullshit. load it, it... Uh, Hold on, I search for bolts. 18 plus whatever I would add for that. To find bolts? Yeah. Fetch the bolts. What was that investigation? 24. You find a quiver of bolts nearby. Uh, they are all golden tipped. They have a faint glow on them. Let's say that there's... 15 of these in this quiver and they do an additional d6 of radiant damage on top of the crossbow which does 1d10 plus 1. The crossbow you'll have unlimited ammunition on like we do with everything else that uses ammunition, normal Mm -hmm. ammunition, but you do only have 15 of these fancy bolts. Cool. I'm going to dig up the magic items list too and send you guys that and let you guys all pick an item from that. Wait, but a crossbow that I already have. You is don't 1D- have a crossbow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Does anybody else want to make a deposit? I've got my notebook out. Flax down for 1,274. Yeah, I'd like to make a deposit. <laughs> Wait, what? 1,200. Oh, you're already doing the double? It's magic, baby. That's what okay. you get when you invest in the Bank of Margarine Mimo Hall. Well, you have to roll for it, Beth. I don't have to roll shit. It says... What does it say? The small pouch that can hold unlimited money and multiplies what money you put in it by 1d8. Oh. What? So you roll, yeah. It's not you just double? eight times no. this, even. <gasps> That's even oh, crazier. Yes. How about we do that, though, when I make a... Withdrawal? Uh, withdrawal. withdrawal, yeah. Oh, that's way more fun. Yeah. That is more fun. Okay, I'll... All right, I need to make an addendum to my bank. <laughs> <laughs> 
Juno rolls to take a scoop of treasure. He, uh, I rolled an eight. You rolled an eight. You find 2,435 gold. <laughs> Dang. What? Wow. An eight? I rolled an 18. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I have a random table here of different collections of treasure. Juno, you also find a handful of scrolls in a little scroll case. They're all arcane scrolls, and you are unable to do anything with them. You can't make magic from them. Zabbis, do you want some scrolls? Oh, sure. Yeah, I can't read these. Um, how much was that, by the way? 2,435. Although, if you give away the scrolls, it diminishes in value. Let's call it 2,300. Okay. Marjorie and I have 2,300 to deposit. Do I get a slip or something? Excellent. Oh, you want a receipt? Uh... Oh, yeah, I'll take one of them, too. <laughs> okay. And I just, man, I just rip a little piece of tissue <laughs> off of a tissue box. <laughs> and it's a it's a quick and dirty receipt. It just has a number and then I sign it. Does it like, turn on fire <laughs> yeah. instantly? Yeah. It just says one and then the next one says two. <laughs> <laughs> These will not hold up if you get audited. <laughs> Wait, I want to I want treasures and stuff. What do I what do I roll? Roll a D20. Four. Four. Ba, 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 ba. A billion gold. <laughs> it, it's just a hundred gold. Oh. And nothing cool? Nothing cool. Just a what just a fuck? handful of different coinage. You wanna hold on to that or I'll just hold on to it. <laughs> Alright. Alright, well I guess it's my turn then. <laughs> One. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oops. Fletch looks around and there's a particularly elaborate chest. It's uh, about four feet across and a couple feet wide. It's decently tall. It looks really heavy. It's got a couple of really elaborate ornate inlaid bars on each side of it as if to carry it. It looks more like a sarcophagus or a perhaps some sort of like important it's not just a chest to hold things. There seems to be some sort of ceremonial value to it. And you're kind of drawn to this one and, it, and like climb over other treasure to get to it. And inside of it, there is a decaying skeleton in robes that are also decaying. And it seems that this is a like a small humanoid creature, maybe a halfling or a dwarf uh, or an or gnome who was buried with some magical items and you find treasure worth 20,000 gold wow <laughs> in this chest what the fuck oh, yeah. <laughs> as well as a handful of magical scrolls and a lot of the value of this comes from gems so this is you don't have you don't have as much hard gold currency got it you only have 1200 actual coins but there's a lot of value in the other shit in this box. You, you all thought rolling a one would be bad. <laughs> Not this time. So if you take this stuff, it is worth a lot of money. Hey, who has a bag of holding? I found something good. Zabbis is always holding on to that. Zabbis, get you, off your phone. Can you help me? I'm just mad because I only got 100 gold. Like, why do I even have this bag? Well, here, I'm feeling generous. Fine, here, someone else take it. It's just full of nuts anyway. <laughs> and a whole science lab. Zappas gives the bag of Fletch to scoop this stuff into it. There's a particularly interesting item that is a emerald owl. <gasps> Sorry, that was me, Beth. <laughs> it was a carved emerald owl. It is a monstrous gem. It's probably 
you know, maybe eight to 10 inches tall and it is carved and it is very clear, gorgeous gem. It flickers in the light as you as you pick it up. My God, like if I if I had way too much money for a healthy person to own, that's what I would buy. Like me, me, Beth, I would <laughs> buy it, like a solid owl. gem emerald <laughs> owl. Fletch, when you pick oh. up this owl, you get a strange kind of sense of being outside. You get like a sense of being like in the woods, like you feel like a breeze through trees. You get the kind of scent of pollen and the woods. It's a very familiar, comforting scent to you. There's also a very, very, very nice set of armor on this creature. Mm -hmm. It's too small for you, but it is immaculate plate armor. Something very, very nice. But it is way, way too small for Fletch. Is it big enough for Flagetti? <laughs> Flagetti gets this amazing armor. <laughs> uh, it's too probably a little bit too small for Flagetti, too. It's too big for Margarine. Ah. I'm not going to wear a plate. Sounds like it'd be great for Flack. <laughs> it, would be, it would be too heavy, probably, for Flack. This is serious plate armor. This is warrior wear. Who can I give that to? I can't give it to anybody yet. So that's what you find in this coffin. Um, Zabbis could wear it like a crop top of armor. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, Zabbis couldn't cast spells if Zabbis was wearing armor, I think. That used to be really? a rule. It's probably still a rule, yeah. You need like a special feat in order to cast spells while wearing armor. We all know how strictly we adhere to the rules here. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I want to make sure that Fletch holds on to this carved owl for, for like the next couple minutes here. I like... He really likes the feeling of being outside and Aww. the smells and the breeze and stuff. So I'm like kind of yeah. holding on to him. Nice. It's like running your thumb over the eye holes and stuff. <laughs> like self-soothing with this owl. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Wait! It's my turn! <laughs> Thirteen. The Bank of Margarine. B-O-M. Who only has two customers so far, which is pretty disappointing. Oh. You grab a chest... It's smaller, but it's pretty nice. And within this chest, you find a pretty cool, small axe. It's a double-sided axe. It looks like it would fit a little bit big for you, but you could still wield it pretty good. It looks pretty nasty. Like, it looks like it could do some harm. It has these really kind of creepy red inlays in each blade. The handle is dark onyx with uh, red leather wrapped around it, and the blades themselves appear to be uh, black steel of some kind, sharpened so that the edges are like a gray. The red inlays in the blades are glowing a little bit, almost like a pulse. Whoa. Yeah. This creeps me out, but I'm also intrigued. Inside of this, you also find 1800 gold uh a few gems that add up to the value of 1800 gold Fuck. nice <laughs> i feel like zeb should roll again <laughs> um what's the what's the specs on this axe um it'd be this is a magical item roll uh arcana 11 this is definitely a magic axe you recognize enough you've been around enough to know that this is of dwarven origins it's very old it looks Older even than anything that you've like ever seen, but you recognize it enough to know that it is of dwarven origins. When you pick it up, you feel a surge of rage that you have to kind of fight down. Roll a wisdom save. The chest of rage? Yes. Oh, it's not good. It's not super good. 14? 14 will do it. You'll, you, you, you calm it down, but it definitely boiled your blood for a minute. <laughs> 
Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to keep that quiet. I'm not going to tell anybody about that. <laughs> that you got a mad axe? I got mad axe. I'm a little excited by it. You're not quite sure what that is about yet, but let me get you the specs on it so that you can use it if you want. It's going to do a D8 plus two okay. of damage. It is a slashing damage. You could throw it if you really wanted to. You said it's a magical axe. Do I know what kind of magic? Angry? You don't. Yeah, other than that kind of weird sense of it, you don't know what it is beyond that. Okay. And what's my to hit for something like that? This isn't going to be a versatile weapon. I don't know if Marchin would be proficient with this, so I think it's just going to be your strength mod. Plus two then. Yeah. Dang, that's low. Yeah, but there could be. Could work out. Could work out. Uh, Marjorie, can I can I make a uh, deposit with the, ah, the bank? Customer number three, of course. I put my glasses back on. Just real quick, I have 2009 gold. 2009. All right. Uh, I can't give you a... Uh, it's a variable interest rate. When you <laughs> pull out, uh, then I will be able to tell you what, what it's gleaned. Okay. That sounds good. I love the idea that, like, the head of the Thieves Guild will also become a banker. <laughs> <laughs> I cast Presagitation, which is just a cantrip. I want to make one of those, like, lozenge lamps. You know, the, like, green banker oh. lamps. Oh, yeah. The, like, the, the one that, like, the green lamps. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are those called? They're a lozenge lamp. They help your cough? Only if you lick them. I definitely was picturing margarine with, like, the little visor. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All we need is, like, a little... Adding like, one machine. Of those, yep. The deposits have been made in the Bank of Margarine. Do you guys have any interest in grabbing a magic item suggested by a listener from this treasure hoard? Juno's found something that he's going to try on. Okay. He's found some leg bracers, and he tries them on and feels invigorated. And that's because the Ender's Domus leg bracers give the user 10 HP, plus 3 to strength checks, minus 3 to stealth. This comes from listener Zipra Anderson, and the backstory on this that was sent in is like some ancient wizard was cursed with this blood curse, and the magical braces help her in time of woe, and I chose this one because Juno is not doing great on HP. I've got like 30 left, so any help with minimal spell slots right now will be helpful, and because Zipporah said that they have a condition called EDS, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is a connective tissue disorder that my mom and sister have, and that braces help them a lot. So I was like, this is perfect. Juno's going to put on these braces, and uh, he'll he'll sound a little bit clanky with minus to stealth, but uh, yes. this will be good going forward. Uh, let's give you a plus one bonus to AC with that, too. Ooh, fantastic. Thank you, Zipporah. Yes, if I butchered your name, I am sorry. Zipporah. I think I'm going to take the French friendship bracelets of light. Uh, it's five woven friendship bracelets that can once per day emit a powerful light that can be seen in a five-mile radius as if viewing the lights of a city. The light is bright but causes no harm to those viewing it unless those creatures are otherwise harmed by light. Thank you, Macaulay, for sending that in. Yes, thank you. Oh, my God. Marjorie reaches in to a pile of coins and fiddles, fiddles, fiddles with her tiny little grubby fingers and bink, grabs and starts pulling, 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 pulling this piece of silk rope. And as she pulls it, she thinks about it being bigger and it enlarges, it gets bigger. And then she thinks about it getting shorter and it shrinks down to a little piece of floss. 
And then she thinks about it looking like a normal rope. And bam, it's a normal rope. It's the rope of binding by Honora RM. I love this. You always have rope. <laughs> and now I'll always have whatever rope I want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anora, for that. I found a, the mask of breathing. Mask of breathing? <laughs> okay. Useful. Yeah, I guess it'll be unlimited oxygen. I can't be suffocated. <laughs> that is good. So you'd be taking off Flagetti's spaghetti clown no, mask. No, I would put, put it on. Because you can't the, the Flagetti mask. Yeah. yeah it's, it's stuck to me. his face. That, that's part. That's face. Yeah. He is spaghetti clown, Joel. Yeah. Whoa. What does this mask look like? Like Bane's mask. But it's just for his nose. But his nose is a big proboscis mask thing. Currently it is. <laughs> it's just like a... Oh, yeah. Does that not it's work? It's like a condom. We'll see. Well, you know, it's like a plague doctor mask. That'll fit. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. That will fit over your disgusting spaghetti clown <laughs> face. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is better. You're so gross. You're so my ugly. My idea of a condom. <laughs> uh, but you like roll it on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just get these bandages. I'm pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the bandages. Where there's, are the bandages? Just, there's a gleaming pile of magical... Uh, it's a menagerie of things, and Zappas is like, ah, fucking Band-Aid, please. Yeah, I don't want the responsibility of more things. I have so much random shit. I even am, like, going through all my, my sheets, like, trying to figure out what's all the stuff I have. And I don't know if I'm ever going to have a proper inventory of all my shit. This is probably a good call. Roll a d6, Chels, and that's how many packs of three of bandages you will get. Oh, Okay. Five. You got five packs of three bandages that heal 1d20 HP apiece. I am going to get rid of the take 10 minutes to apply aspect of that. It's a bandage. You tie a bandage. It takes a turn. Uh, thank you, Anora. Again, you've got three uh, items from Anora RM today. So thanks for all those suggestions. Hey, everybody. Russell here with a few quick mid-game announcements, and then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 102 of D&D&D. Be sure to follow us on social media at D&D&Dpod on Twitter and D&D&Dpod on Instagram. Or email us at D&D&Dpod at gmail.com. Had to think for a second there about if we are, in fact, past 100 episodes, which, of course, we are. Uh, we will be celebrating with a milestone special, I have decided to call it. Uh, once we finish season three and after we have the discussion episode, we're going to do something a little bit special after that. So we will be acknowledging the fact that we made it to 100 episodes. It's so uh, incredible, and I'm so grateful for all of your support uh, throughout the run of the show. Uh, we wouldn't have gotten this far if no one was listening, so thank you so much. Uh, and we'll be doing some fun to celebrate that uh, once we get to the end of season three. Uh, not quite there yet, but it's coming, as you probably know from the fact that we're getting to some pretty cool stuff here in the story. I want to say thank you to some of our patrons. Thank you, Celia. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you, Red Clover. Thank you to all of our patrons who support us over at patreon.com slash dndndpod. Uh, you can head over there if you are interested and able to support the show. We appreciate all of our patrons. Thank you again for doing that. Be sure to review us on the podcast provider of your choice. That really helps the show as well. So thank you to everybody who has left a review. Uh, Speaking of the discussion episode, if you have a question for our discussion episode, we will be recording it here sooner 
Then later, you can email us at dndndpod at gmail.com, the subject line dndndnd3, and we may discuss your question on air when we get to that uh, episode. I think that's it for me, so thanks everybody. Do what's fun. Are those beds? <laughs> there are. There are elaborate beds as part of the treasure hoard. Oh my oh. god, there's just enough for all of us. And they're perfectly <laughs> our sizes. And there's one for Pete, too? Do you think Madeiras just really tr- liked to transform into a human just so he could sit upon a fluffy bed instead of a hard pile of gold once in a while? I'd sleep that makes in sense. here. There are different size beds. There's different thread counts, different fabrics. There's one that's just like a menagerie of pillows. Flagetti jumps onto that one. <laughs> you, you're going to get the most spaghetti. Oh, there's, there's a sauce oh, on the pillows no. now. I'm not saucy. Just my fork <laughs> is. And I set that over there. Yeah, but you're like in a spaghetti sweat all over it. <laughs> just garlic well, I sweat. Have, I do get the spaghettis, so... <laughs> I want the bed furthest away. Yes, The next two beds furthest away, I suppose. Magically adjust to your size. They're like four poster beds that adjust as you lie in them. One gets longer, one gets shorter. Oh, my God. And there's a curtain, and I pull the curtain, so I'm just completely covered. I have a little nest. Juno sees one with a body pillow, and he grabs onto that and snuggles in. As everybody's laying down, I go over and hand everyone... A friendship bracelet. (laughs) Here here you go, everyone. Put this on, and then we can emit a powerful light that we can see within a five-mile radius once a day. Five miles? Jesus. Maybe not right now. You know, for No, don't use it now. Okay. No, you just, like, put your hand in the air, like, uh, you know, like, yeah. As Fletch hands out the friendship bracelets, when you guys put them on, they magically embroider with all of your initials. Oh. Look how special these are. This I is also cool. took off all my clothes inside of my tiny bed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but we wouldn't know. It's your secret. No. Now the only thing I'm wearing is this friendship bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> you guys rest in these magical beds until you are lurched awake by a loud boom above and there is a shudder of debris that falls in your direction. Uh, everybody make dexterity saving throws. You are full health, full spell slots. Oh, shit. Oh, no. 15. 13. 13. 13. Oh, jeez. You said dexterity? Dexterity saving throw. 18. Okay. You guys all managed to jump out of your respective beds before you see them crushed by falling rocks from the top of this cavern. My clothes! Archer is <laughs> stark ass naked. Eyes. <laughs> Eyes closed, hands over eyes. And I'm just pulling away the rocks and things to get my stuff. (laughs) Oh, it's so flappy. Everything's so flappy. Your your body's beautiful, but I'm not going to look. Stop looking and come help. You're yelling. It's hard to not look at you. Uh, Roll strength uh, athletics rolls to move these rocks out of the way and get your shit. 13. 13 does it. Cool. You can dig your way out. It's a smaller bed. Smaller rocks crushed it. Yes, chill, whatever. I put on my clothes. (laughs) The sounds that awoke you uh, are growing louder. They seem to be above and deeper into the cavern. There is a horrible roar, unlike anything you have ever heard before. You hear this sound and you're fixed where you stand for a second before gathering your wits about you and readying yourselves for whatever might be causing this sound. What do you do? Um, I think 
we shouldn't have slept in those beds, or at least Flagetti shouldn't have slept in a bed because now what? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like M Boy is pretty pissed <sighs> that his bed's all garlicky now. Oh man, why no. does he have so many? What he has so many beds? Yeah, when you're rich, you don't care about how m- the quantity. Well, you do care about the quantity of things. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Fletch, in the mansion, would you like to get multiple beds for yourself? No, we, we're not okay, rich. Let's, okay, let's worry about this stuff later. Everything's shaking. Everything is shaking. Oh, we yeah, think yeah. M Boy is coming our way right now. I think sure so. sounds like it. You can probably maybe smell the, the dragon b- version of M Boy is angry in the present because we did talk to him in the past. Yeah, okay, well, we should definitely formulate a plan real fast, because we're about to be fighting a dragon. Anyone know of any uh, weaknesses of this dragon, either either in general or personally? Is there anything we could say to make him feel bad? I don't think we should fight the dragon. It's the lich. That's true, the dragon might we might be able to reason with. Oh, Fletch, you, you could talk to him, right? I do speak draconic. Well, then here, and I give him the mirror shard. Okay, thank you. And I have the I have the sword as well, so we should give the mirror shard back to him, right? I think so, yeah. Uh if if anyone was wronged in this, it was Madeiras and and Eva Kome is to blame. Oh, you said it. <laughs> Juno passes out and just falls to the ground. Juno, you are suddenly within a vision. You see it through your point of view like a first person video game. You are furiously casting a variety of spells as you are retreating through this treasure room, paying no mind to the wonders around you. You're running through this room, deeper into it, opposite of the direction that you and your companions came, uh, through another large, large arch doorway. This is not like anything else, any of the other doors that you have gone through. This is uh, massive, like studio barn doors, except bigger. You are throwing spells every which way. There are flashes of gold above you and a powerful, powerful wind that you can barely keep your feet. There is a roar, unimaginable volume. You have magically protected your ears from it, however. You go into this next room and you see it is a huge circular chamber. It looks like something kind of carved out like a like a ball out of the rock uh, at the very bottom of this massive chamber. That's probably I mean, it's hard to really tell how big it is. It could be a quarter mile in diameter. At the very bottom, there is lava. At the very top, it is closed off. In the center of this, there is a swirling portal. You recognize it enough to know that it is a portal, but it is not like any portal that you have seen before. It is something more intense and violent in the way that its energies are swirling. And it seems that maybe this thing that's floating in the center of this room might have caused this carve out. You start to float up towards it magically, perhaps Uh, you're unable to really discern and something swoops near you. You get a flash of gold in your field of vision. You turn, you fire off a spell there is a swing of something large and scaly and golden that deflects the spell back at you. You raise up your arm and you see in your point of view that attached to your arm, your left arm, is a shield. This blocks the spell and reflects it and then your vision ends. Juno, wake up. The world's falling down. Everybody is standing over you again holding a bunch of potions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh. 
I don't want what's from that lab either. Oh, okay, I will really try and avoid the the word, but I I learned I, I think that Madeiras. Oh shit! My no, I meant Ivakome. God, bye Juno. I meant Ivakome. Just repeats what you just saw. We have our opportunity. Feed him the potions. <laughs> okay, now that you're back again, what were you saying? But this time, right. don't say the M word. Right. The dragon is fighting with Ivakome, and a portal opened, and maybe something went wrong with the magics that Ivakome was throwing at the dragon, because they might have been reflected back at the dragon by, by a shield. I'm not sure what exactly happened, but we need to go through this room into another where there's a, a large door. Probably the mirror shield shard that reflected the magic back at Dragon Boy. Oh, did that shield look like the mirror shard? You couldn't tell from the back of it. That's my guess. Oh, mm. That's clever. I feel like dragons are always, you know, all, people are always fighting dragons with, with shields and mirrors. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Is a dragon a Medusa? I think that's a Medusa. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Medusa sounds like our dragon. Flagetti's so. the bard. He's the one who should know the stories. Well, forgive his memory. He is Flagetti. Not do you remember the stories? No, my brain's all al dente right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, just know that if we defeat dragon it'll go down in history that he was defeated by a giant fork instead of a sword oh man that's so humiliating if, if my <laughs> biggest accomplishment in my life takes place as i'm this fucking spaghetti clown and that's what the legends tell of is this flagetti asshole <laughs> i'm gonna be so mad Sabbath, you gotta paint it yeah you have to paint this <laughs> oh, yeah when we're done, paint this. You know, history is not always right. Maybe you could write a song if we cure you. Ow! And a rock falls on my head. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, plan. Okay, so here's the plan. I've never spoken to a dragon before, and I've never used dr draconic language before, so I'm going to be super rusty. Dude, think of It'll it. It'll be good, though. Think of it as though you were dancing with someone. The first time you ever talked to a dragon is 100% of the times that you've talked to a dragon. Exactly. It's like how the best way to learn language is by immersing yourself. Well, there you go. This is life or death immersion. So <laughs> you do it. You know, and the stakes are same as dancing was for you before. Like, w will I blow up this time? Will I not? So this should be comfortable for you. True. Death by fire it's plays a part. Very good metaphor. Thank yeah. Thanks. All right. So should he just go out there on his own then, while we sit here in the gold room? No, I feel like you guys need to come with me. You guys are going to get squished. Ow! Something else falls on my head. <laughs> All right. You run through the treasure room following the path that Juno saw in his vision. Juno leading the way, since he saw it, uh, everybody else following behind him. You reach this massive arched doorway, just covered in scorch marks, not in the way that Juno saw in his vision. It Clearly, this is post whatever you witnessed before. And you walk through into this massive spherical chamber. You see something before you. It, it, like, breaks your brain for a second. Does it cook Flagettis all the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're standing on a platform that's opening up to this massive spherical opening. In the center of it is this magnificent, violent, magical portal swirling with the kind of energy that you can tell is packed with an unimaginable power. 
around this portal is flying a massive golden dragon. Whoa. It's hard to get a sense for how long it is. It is certainly at least could be 20 yards long from tip to tail. That's 60 feet. Wow. A long reptilian snout with golden like mustaches hanging off of it. Huge ears or horns. It's hard to tell exactly what. Uh, this brilliant sail of scales all along its back, from the back of its head all the way to its tail. Brilliant sail-like wings that extend from its shoulders all the way down past its hind legs. Its claws uh, are all bared. It's screaming and firing off fire at another figure that is flying around it, uh, trying to shoot spells at the dragon itself. This is a tabaxi in brilliant robes uh, that you recognize from your visions as Ivacome. Wow. However, his physicality is constantly morphing and changing, where for a moment he will be... Uh, a fully formed cat person with fur and the whole thing, but then part of his face will disappear, revealing a ghost. So it's like Cats 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Part of it will disappear, uh, revealing a skull or some sort of necrophage-like creature. There seems to be a protective barrier around Medeiros that these spells are hitting, and there seems to be a protective barrier around Ivacome that the fire is hitting. Uh, Ifikome is holding up a shield that is cracked. Uh, it is a reflective, brilliant surface that you can tell as it's moving and it doesn't reflect things right back at you, reflect light right back at you, is a cracked, shiny surface. Is it like just cracked or is it like missing a piece? Roll perception. I will. Okay. And that plus this equals 19. With a 19, you can tell that, yes, it is, in fact, missing a piece. Oh. Am I the one holding on to that right now? No, you gave it to me. Okay, okay. You gave it to Fletch. Does the piece we have look like the piece missing? Yes, it does. Dude, you should frisbee that fucking mirror shard over to him. No, you shouldn't, because then he's He's gonna win. I was gonna say, wait, wait, I don't think we we wanna do that. Spaghetti clone's bad, guys. (laughs) (laughs) His brain is mush. It's okay. Sorry, mush brain. Yeah. Alright, I guess I'll alert them of our presence. I think that we should take down Ivakome. I didn't want to say the wrong name. I think we right. should take down Eva Kobe's barrier and just let our dragon friend take about. How do we take down the barrier? Yeah, good question. I mean, I'm not magic. Do I shine the mirror at it? Would that break it? What What about a, a dispel magic? I mean, we're talking about a one of the most powerful sorcerers. Oh, true. Dispel yeah. magic seems like <laughs> child's play. He does seem distracted. Oh, I just stabbed myself with my accounting pen. I take the mirror shard and and shine it at the barrier. There is a beam of light that extends from the mirror shard that connects with the shield that Ivakome is wielding. Uh, There is a sound, a loud, incredibly loud pinging noise that hurts your ears. There's a, a heat coming from the mirror shard as you're holding it, a very, very intense heat. It burns your hands. Take... Ow. Five damage and make a dexterity save to see if you can hang on to the mirror shard. Oh, I notice him doing this, and I I lunge to try to help to hang on 20. to it. Oh, I don't uh, need to help. 
<laughs> I do that thing where you step towards someone yep. in need and then they're fine, so you just bashfully. And then I, I kind of look to see if like what she was doing, and I was like, wait, was she moving towards me? I'm okay. Put and my hand away. past my hair, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a loud crack, and the barrier around Ivacome, but also the barrier around Medeiros shatters. <gasps> Oh, there are shards of magical energy, uh, like a bluish kind of tinged magical energy that erupt uh, from both of them. There is a huge gust of wind. Yes. Everybody make a deck save. Oh, shit. I was imagining the shields like sonic shields. Oh, like, sure. Just like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Around you. Mm-hmm. A 19. Uh, dex, you yes, said? Yes, dex save. Nat 20. Nat 20. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, both of you. 24. 18. Yeah, everybody's fine. You guys keep your feet, although you, you're pushed back a, a little bit by this huge eruption of wind as Medeiros' shield and Ivakome's shield shatters. Ivakome's gaze turns in your direction. There is a horrible, horrible, terrifyingly frightening visage on his face. It is at once the look of a very intense ruler... Uh, someone with great power and confidence and authority, but it is also the look of a decaying, decrepit skeleton with a mandible that's like half attached, eyes shrunken in their sockets, and uh, everybody make a wisdom saving throw. Oh no, I don't got good wisdom. <laughs> I don't got good wisdom. <laughs> 22. <laughs> Retro sees herself in this look. She's like, mm, my future. 13. Oh, six. Oh, 21. 21. Only Zabbis is frightened by what you see. You now have disadvantage on all ability checks and attack rolls. What the fuck? And you cannot willingly move closer to Ivakome for now. You will be able to re-roll to see if you're still afraid at every one of your turns. So now everybody roll for initiative. Ha! 18. 15. 23. 11. 23. What are your dex mods? Five. Yours is five? Yeah, I'm five. I'm the thief. Mine's four. Fletch is really good. (laughs) (laughs) My tanky dex boy. So the order is Ivikome, Fletch, Margarine, Fleck, Zabbis, Juno, and then Madeiras. It is Ivikome's turn first. What happens on his turn after he fixes his frightening gaze at you? You see a ghastly duplication of his image spread out from him until you are looking at nine reproductions of Ivakome, one of which is the prime one that still has some physical shape to it. The rest, the other eight, are all ghostly images of him. They scatter throughout this large spherical arena you find yourselves in. Shit. There is a cry from this creature, just a otherworldly, indescribable, imperceptible yelp of some kind that comes out from him. Uh, And he refocuses his attention on the dragon and the portal. It is now Fletch's turn. Okay. Guys, I'm going to talk to Medeiros. I'm going to let Medeiros know that we're here to help him. And then I. Okay. And nothing happened when he said that word, right? No, nothing happened when he said that word. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, no, I turn no, it. No, no. The loudest voice I can do, I turn to Madeiras and say, "Hi." Does he? Does he say anything? <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how to. I don't know how to 
say it a lot. We're all in awe because we don't know the language, but he knows the language. Yeah. So the full trust that we have in this like communicative moment is it's a hundred percent. And all he does is say hi. Yeah, oh. I like to us though. It's it's like, exactly. There is a elegance to this language that is immediately impressive uh, to the rest of you. However, it is just saying hi. Uh, you see the giant head of Madeiras turn in your direction. You recognize uh, all of you who, who have had these visions, recognize the kind eyes of the man version that you uh, interacted with before. However, they are much larger and much more reptilian than they were as a man. But you still get the sense of some kind of friendliness uh, from him. He looks at your direction, Fletch, and you can tell that he's looking over you, the, the, all of you, uh, and he's, he, there's, a, there's a recognition, a, a kind of look of shock on his face. He he says back to you, rejoin the mirror. D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D, you fall down to the level that this uh, ghost was. You fall about 10 feet, landing next to him, and you swing uh, your sword, but the ghost dodges out of the way uh, and kind of looks at you and sneers. And uh, like has a very smug look on his face, and and the, the rest of you notice that all of the other ghosts have the same look. They all turn their heads as if they are looking at Fletch and have the same look on their face. <laughs>